This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of the Sentinel Fort in Pistown, Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. And if you're feeling generous on this Monday afternoon, consider heading over to patreon.com slash districtsentinel and subscribing. You'll get every newscast as well as bonus content. Monday through Friday, plus the garbage can proceedings, plus some poetry written for you. Got some haiku to get to at the end of the show. But first, uh, another birthday to celebrate. Someone turned 18. I should say something turned 18, huh, Sam? That's right. Happy 1-8, the big 1-8 to the war in Afghanistan. I feel like we were just celebrating a special 18th birthday last month. Yep, yep, four weeks after 9-11. They, they grow up so fast these days. <laughs> what it, It's so depressing. It's so depressing. Well, it's well over half my life, so. How do we, how, how do we stop this shit? Because we're all getting behind Bernie Sanders, who's the best candidate, but he's not going to stop this shit, is he? I mean, maybe, but not alone. That's for sure. I mean, I feel like maybe the only way he does stop this shit is if we get a bit of an Abraham Lincoln situation in that the mere election of Bernie Sanders causes the collapse of the United States. (laughs) That's a distinct possibility as well. (laughs) I'm, I'm beginning to think that is the best shot we have going forward as humanity which maybe says more about my general mental state um (laughs) than anything else but i i do i i really feel like the best shot we have is bernie getting elected and then bernie Uh, taking on the pentagon which is a really tough task for anybody Right, but but not just that. I mean, you're skipping a few steps here, which is Bernie getting elected. Before he takes on the Pentagon, there's going to be a right-wing rebellion, yeah. which will involve elements of the Pentagon. Right. Well. And hopefully we prevail. <laughs> Step one, Bernie election. Step two, uh, right-wing coup attempt. Step three, question mark, question mark, question mark. Step four, full communism. Are, it worked for Spain. Are the war in Afghanistan and 9-11, are they Zoomers? Is that what they are? <laughs> Makes total sense. Why? Elaborate. <laughs> I demand you elaborate. Um, all right. It's Monday, October 7th, 2019. Here's the news. President Trump today said U.S. troops would be withdrawn from northern Syria on the border with Turkey in a move that could potentially leave Kurds open to attack by the Turkish military. State Department officials tried to downplay the significance of the move. They told the Associated Press the maneuver involves only about two dozen U.S. troops right on the border. They also downplayed the chance of a Turkish operation against Kurdish militants who have often been on the front lines of the fight against ISIS. Trump's tweets, however, cast doubt on these claims made by the State Departments. In one, he said, quote, The Kurds fought with us, but were paid massive amounts of money and equipment to do so. They have been fighting Turkey for decades. 
In another tweet, Trump also said, quote, it is time for us to get out of these ridiculous endless wars. But then just hours later, he said, quote, if Turkey does anything that I and my great and unmatched wisdom consider to be off limits, I will totally destroy and obliterate the economy of Turkey. Parenthetical, I've done before. What does that mean? Well, one thing's for sure. If there's one surefire way to stop endless wars, it's by threatening to totally destroy and obliterate the world's 20th largest economy. Again. <laughs> when, when did this happen the first time? When did Trump destroy the Turkish con- economy before? Uh, the only or is thing he referring to of, Venezuela? Uh, yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of is he's referring to sanctions that have been applied on other countries like Iran or North Korea or Venezuela. But yeah, he he yeah, it's it's unclear. I mean, who are we to expect clarity when the president of the United States <laughs> is tweeting about destroying other countries' economies, right? Well, if if it were any other official, we would assume that they were talking about Turkey and claiming they were going to destroy the Turkish economy again. I know the Turkish um currency has experienced some fluctuations in in recent years but that's hardly destroying an economy and i i don't know if trump can take credit for that anyway yeah Yeah. uh i'm not an expert on this situation and i don't speak for the kurds at all but they probably should have seen this coming since 2017 if not since when they started cooperating oh, with oh, the Obama administration. Oh, are you saying are you saying the United States government uh, doesn't have people's best interests in mind and it, it, and doesn't ally with and is forces? not a reliable bargainer? No, it's not yes, a good faith exactly reliable bargainer. What I'm saying. Who cares about national self-determination or whatever? More evidence of corruption coming out of the Department of Transportation. A Politico investigation found that Secretary Elaine Chao has taken far more meetings with officials from her husband, Senator Mitch McConnell's home state of Kentucky, than any other state. It's not even close, really. There were 72 meetings with local officials. 18 of them were with Kentuckians. That's 25% of all her meetings with local officials. The next highest were Indiana and Georgia officials who made up 6% of meetings. This is so un- Kentucky does not make up 25% of the United States population is what you're saying. Not even close. I think they make up like 1%. This is on top of prior reporting that Chow has helped to steer tens of millions of dollars of Department of Transportation grants to Kentucky, thereby boosting her husband's reelection chances. In the latest reporting from Politico, at least five of those meetings between Kentucky officials and the transportation secretary were directly set up by staffers in McConnell's office. FOIA records obtained by Politico showed that many meetings took place after McConnell's staffers reached out saying that so-and-so was a friend or that so-and-so was a supporter. And these meetings have led directly to local officials then receiving Department of Transportation funding, like the mayor of Owensboro, Kentucky, who got $11.5 million in federal funding and later wrote an email to a former McConnell staffer thanking them for, quote, icing on the cake time with Secretary Chow herself. Chow using her official position to benefit her family, in this case her husband, jives with stories we've talked about on this show before, like last month when it was revealed that Chow was using her power to basically hawk her dad's shipping company to Chinese investors. Was that the foremost group? 
Oh, fuck. I can't remember the name. I think it was the foremost group. They, I think it was the foremost group. Members of the House Oversight Committee have initiated a probe into that matter and have sent questions to the Transportation Department for follow-up. I mean, if you take a step back, it's funny as hell how brazen members of this administration have been in trying to use their official positions for personal gain, starting at the top with the president, obviously. Uh, But there was also the PA administrator, Scott Pruitt, who tried to leverage his gig into being a Chick-fil-A franchise owner. (laughs) Uh, there was the lavish travel from That was former, his wife, right? Was it his wife? Pruitt's still? wife? Yeah, his wife, whatever. <laughs> he a figure I mean he's gotta figure himself into those plans. He's not gonna be in government forever. He he wants to get in that Chick fil A. Right. Name. No, he personally benefits from his wife yes. owning a Chick fil A franchise. Yeah. Uh the there was Tom Price, former health and human services secretary, and his lavish travel on uh, public planes. There was also uh, the Interior Secretary, Ryan Zinke, also busted for using public dollars for private travel. Today marks the first day in a new Supreme Court term, one that could be incredibly grim. We got a glimpse of this on Friday when justices said they would take up a case involving abortion rules for the first time in the era of Justice Kavanaugh. It's about a 2014 state law in Louisiana forcing abortion providers to have admission privileges at hospitals. The law, if upheld, would obviously make it much more difficult for abortion providers in Louisiana to stay open. Today, justices heard oral arguments in two cases about criminal law. One was about whether states can bar defendants from pleading insanity. It centers around a Kansas state law that says a defendant can't plead insanity if it can be proven they still had criminal intent. In an amicus filing, the American Bar Association said this would allow for the conviction of someone, quote, who knowingly and intentionally killed his son under the psychotic delusion that he was the biblical Abraham and his son the biblical Isaac, end of quote. I don't really remember my Old Testament embarrassingly, but I think Abraham killed Isaac under orders from God or was ordered to by God. Right, I think he was about to kill him. He was about to kill him. God told Abraham, you got it, Isaac's got to go. And Abraham said, really, God? He was about to kill him, and God's like, nah. Nah, just kidding. That was a test, gotcha. But even if you had the Abrahamic delusion and then went through with it, even if you still were able to process what killing was, like, the state of Kansas does not care that you thought you were Abraham. (laughs) Anyway... Uh, the Trump administration is naturally... Bible, su- man, that's just weird. <laughs> it is weird. Naturally, the Trump administration is supporting Kansas and filing Solicitor General Noel Francisco said the state's law, quote, permits individualized consideration at sentencing of how mental illness affects culpability. White House lawyers said that without the law, courts have, quote, an on-off switch for liability. <laughs> just casually assuming that everyone in court with the mental illness is faking it. Very cool. According to the ACLU, five states have laws that deviate from the norm on criminal insanity pleas. In addition to Kansas, they also exist in Alaska, Idaho, Montana, and Utah. Finally, an update on the GM auto workers strike. The United Auto Workers believed they were close to agreeing to a new contract with their bosses last week, but then a major setback over the weekend. The union is reporting that management refuses to make commitments to keep jobs and manufacturing plants in the U.S. over the next four years. 
meaning the 49,000-member strong strike will go on. Of all U.S. automakers, GM leads the way in production in Mexico. Over 830,000 GM vehicles were manufactured there last year, supplying 22% of the cars sold in the U.S. The union wants commitments from the company that no further factories and jobs will be outsourced during the length of the contract. However, the UAW vice president told members in an email that GM, quote, did nothing to provide job security during the term of this agreement. The strike has lasted since September 16th. GM is losing up to $80 million a day during the strike. Auto workers are struggling too, with the strike fund supplying only a fraction of the wages they'd be earning if they weren't on strike. Just a reminder that over the last five years, GM has made over $30 billion in profits. So I guess they can afford to keep losing $80 million a day to make sure to not share any of those profits or make any commitments with their workers. That's it for the newscast today. As promised, time for the haiku section of our show. All new subscribers on Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel get their own haiku written for them and read on the air. I will begin. This is for Christine. How dare you question my great and unmatched wisdom? I type to my tweeps. Thank you, Christine. This is for Cust KU's. Or is it Cust Caillou's? I don't know. Anyway. Collision courses. Capitalism planet. Ice cream my tummy. Thank you, Cust Caillou's. This is for Corey. Welcome to the church. Oh, it's a weed church where we worship ganja god. Thank you, Corey. I got that because I was just looking around and I saw a bumper sticker right there. Some sort of sticker that says church. (laughs) Weed church. And it says cannabis. It's like cannabis church. I think if weed wasn't legalized, this is the direction everyone would have gone. And we're just like, you know what? This is our First Amendment freedom of religion. Yeah. I mean, we may as well. We right? could still go this way. We could, yeah, we, we could still have a weed church. I guess then we could just write off all our weed expenses. <laughs> anyway, this is... Uh, we should start that weed church, by the way. Anyway, this is to you, Danielle, finally. Jobs, we don't need them. Five hours of work per week. Goofing off the rest. Thank you, Danielle. And... Just think about it. Just five hours on a farm or a factory or a food packaging thing, somewhere where you do something that's necessary for everyone. Everyone has access to food, to shelter, to the good stuff. Just five hours of the week. Just five hours of the week. I could do that. I want to. I want to jackhammer for one hour. I want to serve soup for one hour. There you go. I want to paint walls for another hour. Sounds pretty chill. Yeah, I want to be a park ranger for an hour. You could do that. This is good. I'll think of what I want to do for the fifth hour. All right, thank you to all the new subscribers on Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel. I would ref soccer games that's for pretty, one that's of a good the hours. One. Yeah, that's a good one. I want to do that too. Okay. Uh, hey, that's the end of the show. We'll be back 
tomorrow. We're in D.C., so you don't have to be.